Good evening and welcome back to an in-season edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. I uh he is the uh he's the Guy Manuel to my Thomas. Um so well welcome Rob. <laughs> How you You'll doing? Need, I'm doing all right. You'll need to translate for us non-English majors there. No, no, no. I just um this is Daft Punk announcing their retirement oh, today. Oh, sorry. Uh, so uh, I was like, I was hey, like yeah, no. <laughs> I didn't understand like, that. This is a ro- right up Rob's alley. Way no, more I, no I, not not at all. I, I like their music, yeah. but I'm not up on their um, non-helmeted identities. Oh, this is a Gassner. This is. Yeah. I spent too much time talking to Gassner about this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome everybody. We are here, obviously, to talk about JMU's um, dominant. I don't know what to call it, Rob. Preseason win, preseason victory over tune up, tune over up. Morehead State. Yeah. Tune up game over Morehead State. And we're going to look ahead to a game that I have a feeling is going to be a surprisingly competitive, not, I don't know if that competitive is the right word, but Robert Morris is definitely a real team vis-a-vis Moorhead State after yeah. looking into it a little more today. Yeah. So this is going to be a more interesting test um, out of the gate. As always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go by the store. Um, check out the guys. It's been freezing. It's been sleeting and raining and everything else. They have all kinds of stuff to keep you warm and doing outside stuff, which we all want to do this year. Um, even if you're one of the lucky parents or something that gets to go to the game, um, you can go by there and pick up everything you need to be warm outside. Uh, if you're one of those hillside fans that we'll talk about later, <laughs> then you're, you can also do the same thing. But you can also get ready for the spring and summer fishing season um, and go by there. Mention the podcast. You'll get a free sticker. Um, more than anything, just mention the podcast so they know um, we're sending people in there. Uh, say hi to Brian and Colby and the team. I'm going to see Brian this weekend. Looking forward to it. So uh, thank you, as always, to Mossy Creek. Uh, we may have some more stuff on this front next week. Uh, secondly, Rob, before right before we start, the uh, only thing we're going to do tonight, we're going to do our quick, very quick, we're going to try to keep the roundup quick, um, and a couple basketball notes, and then move to football for the fun stuff. I think off the top, I should say, Rob, yeah, we both started writing on the blog again and we made some mistakes. It happens. Uh, I made three mistakes. I've left out articles and antecedents and all kinds of things in my long-winded post pregame. And then Rob keeps calling David Polk or Brandon Polk, David Polk. Now I mess it up. See? So, yeah. No, it's Whatever. Brandon, right? Um, it is Brandon. That's but what it you says. said, David. Or I, don't, I changed it. I changed it. I oh, you changed you it? Knew it? I, I was changed like, what is it? going on? I know, I know. Um, so thank you to our old friend Thomas, um, you know, for pointing out our where, where we slip up. But we're, we're trying our best. But the mid forties hit hard, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, I have to say, even Kurt uh, Dudley this weekend, Rob, on the broadcast, he, and then he mentioned later he hasn't gotten to know the kids. Like, if they're not guys he knew before. He hasn't had the chance to like in person really get to meet some of the freshmen and younger players. Yeah, and I felt like the the broadcast team was struggling with identifying who was making plays this week. Well, um, new numbers. And part too. of that, I don't know if they don't have a spotter. Yeah, a lot of new numbers. It confused me. New new numbers, new players, um, and I don't know how many people they're allowed to have in the booth. I don't know what the rules are. You know, on normally they have a whole team of spotters and everything. So, anyways, a lot of fun. We're all old. We'll get better. Um, we're just—it's been 13 <laughs> months since football, so yeah. come on, everybody. We're trying our <laughs> best. The hook. Um, trying our best. Rob, I'm thrilled to be here. I have to say, I got a surprising amount of joy out of the game this weekend. I hope you did too. 
I, I had a lot of fun just tuning in and, and watching it. It got boring. Not going to lie to you. Like it was not, sure. really, yes. but it was really fun. Just to be watching a game and screwing around on mm-hmm. Jamie Twitter and listen to Dudley or, or watching Dudley call the game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was cool. I, I mm-hmm. for kind of an early season game without much in the way of a, of a preseason practice. I thought they looked pretty sharp. Um, obvious caveat of that being not too. a very good yeah. team, but I thought they looked really sharp. I can't <laughs> imagine they had many full contact practices. They didn't have many practices to speak of, of, of any type. So all in all, I was pretty excited. It's, right. it's easy to get overly excited and start the hype train and start thinking about the playoffs. We preach every year. Don't do that. No, enjoy the games. But this year it's such a weird schedule. You look at it and there's, there's not a lot of, challenging opponents on there particularly when you see elon struggling against a lot of meat on the bow there D- davidson yeah so davidson. it was, it was fun another to minor league team yeah. yeah yeah it was it was it just was. it was a good time um, hopefully every, yeah yeah hoping everybody else enjoyed it like we did and we'll get ready for a little bit more competitive tune-up this week um okay so we're going to go around the sports i'll try to keep it a little shorter i'll try to beat this in all you know in one big uh, swoop. The men's hoops team is in line for the number one seed. There was some crazy CAA Twitter nonsense today from opposing programs who seem to think that some kind of shenanigans are afoot. Um, JMU yeah. is eight and one. I don't. Yeah. I don't really know. Like, what are they? Don't apologize to anybody. Yeah. Anyway, number we'll have to seed. get into. The, they're the one seed. One That's seed. That's the way it goes. You, you play the teams the league puts on your schedule, and you beat eight right. out well, of them. Most of the, the teams. Yeah, most of the teams whose fans were, you know, I don't know, ostensibly alleging things today <laughs> are teams that JMU has beaten this year. So I really don't like, like, I don't know, win the game. So, yeah, just, um, yeah, win the game. Uh, Nothing um, more to say. Just play the game. Play no. the games. The league, if the league sends a team to your arena or sends you another arena, you play the game, you try to win. If the league right. says, hey, there's COVID, you can't play the game, you don't play the game. There's no conspiracy there. There's no greater good. No. So say nothing of the fact that JMU fans, and we would say, you know, the idea of somebody saying that JMU is too closely aligned with the CAA commissioner is laughable to any JMU fan. <laughs> yes. It, it is a rocky relationship yes. at best if you're paying attention. So the whole thing is just comical and really yeah. confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, anyways, <laughs> all that aside, um, in other really fun hoops news this weekend, I thought the women's team had a really encouraging weekend, Rob. Um, yeah, to win the second one like disappointing. that. Yeah. yeah, disappointing overtime loss on Saturday to Delaware, you know, the top team. And then to turn around on senior day after a disappointing loss like that and, you know, play well, show up again and, and fight through it and win a – uh, you know, a much, a much different game. Yeah. Um, we've seen so much of that this year, yeah. these back-to-back series where one game is super high scoring and the other game is a rock fight. And we saw a little bit of that this weekend, but the women won. Rain Tucker got CAA player of the week. Uh, actually her better, she was the real star on Saturday in taking that game to overtime, uh, but still really good. And the Dukes, ha- there is one more week in the regular season for the women. So the Dukes have two at Drexel, this weekend they're currently in third place so they need to keep winning yeah. um but but they also just look you know we thought they were the fate or they were picked as the favorite they didn't look like the favorite for a lot of the season no they didn't. and the last couple of leagues i don't know that they're the favorite 
but they definitely look like they have a real legitimate shot and that you could throw the top four teams in a hat and I don't know who's going to win the tournament. And I just, I, I'm really encouraged. I'm actually kind of encouraged after all this ups and downs this year that the women's team looks like they're coming along. So. Yeah. It looks like they're developing some resilience the way that, you know, to, to yeah. bounce back from a loss um, versus earlier in the season, they kind of had letdowns on the second half of the back and back. So it's encouraging. I, I still that think when, this is, you know this how is that program. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a good program. But it's we also answer. know the pride in this program. Yeah. The women's program. Like, and that senior day, even in a COVID year, like coming off of overtime loss, show back up the next day. That is the hallmark of this program. And I'd loved to see that. Like, I'm not letting down, you know, we're not we're not losing like that. So no, no. yeah, we've seen that in other years. So Good for them. Uh, men's soccer somehow moved up to number 17. They moved up one spot in the national rankings off a 0-0 draw with Liberty with an incredible performance by the goalkeeper. So I don't really know how that works. Um, women's soccer had also had a, a draw, This, in their case, 1-1 draw with Liberty that I, I thought I actually watched a little bit of this. I thought the women played well, the JMU women. Um, Ebony Wiseman scored the goal and was really she threatened a lot. Liberty got a little lucky in this game to to have the draw. Um, unfortunately, baseball was swept in the season opening series down in Chapel Hill. Um, but they played okay. They lost like 7-4 and 3-2 in the last two games. So they were competitive. And they're missing a couple arms that they're getting back here pretty soon. So, I, um, you know, that's it's not a super discouraging thing to go lose at Chapel Hill to start your season for the baseball program. Um, softball opens this weekend. So they have a split doubleheader this Saturday in Charlottesville. They play one game against UVA and one game against George Washington, or at least they're scheduled to this Saturday. Um, weather looks a little rough, not in the snow and ice COVID awful in a sense, but just it might it's rain, rain a little bit. Yeah, so it's I, I don't know, but um hoping they can get those in because those would be fun games for them. Uh, actually, I, I did want to point out volleyball tonight. They returned. They had lost their opening match to Delaware at home last week and they went to Delaware this past week and won and they won in straight sets so really good to see them kind of bounce back from I'm sure a little bit of a disappointing start and to do it on the road um good stuff from them so looking forward to seeing that um and that's it we're done we're on to football, we're done. We're football. yeah 52-0 <laughs> the Dukes take down Moorhead State the Moorhead State Eagles this weekend out of the Pioneer Football Conference. As we talked about last week, this is a non-scholarship program. I, you know, look, the kids played well. I don't think one good thing, I, I didn't notice any real major injuries either way. We'll talk about a couple of JMU ones, but even those were not horrible you know the kind of horrendous ones like you didn't have any blow out a knee or anything like no that. i didn't have any of the terrible ones that you really hate to see um i'm hopeful that moorhead also there was one guy who was a little banged up in the second half but hope it did that also even looked like they were moving pretty well afterwards so that was a good thing um dukes ran away with it we're doing four downs from football rob it's been 13 months since we've it's done it's been this. a while it's been a while yeah mm. What do you got for first down? Well, I'll take the easy one. I mean, the 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 big takeaway's got to be the running game. It's just JMU's rushing attack is going to absolutely be a problem for teams this year. I I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that the top four guys on JMU are all all CAA caliber running backs. 
um, particularly behind that line. The offensive line was just absolutely manhandling people, you know, pancaking guys down the yeah. field. They, they had over six yards of carry. What was it, like nearly 370 yards? Um, the, the sky is the limit for this unit. Like, I don't think it's unreasonable to say we could have a 400-yard rushing game or two this year. I think they're that good because you've got so many guys. You've ah. got four guys you can run in there who on any given Saturday could give you 100 yards. Um, you could have multiple guys go for 100 yards, particularly when you're looking at kind of the breakaway speed or the big play ability that they each have in their own way. Um, oh. You know, it's just like, that's like, oh. that, that's what's scary. Like you've got guys you can run between the tackles, you get on the outside, you have breakaway speed. Um, you could make an argument if you wanted to be kind of like hot takeish about it to say Latrell Palmer is the best player on the team. Like that guy is just, and he's so like, that's kind of that third running back behind Percy's amazing. You know, Juwan Hamilton's there. Latrell Palmer's the type of back you don't see in FCS football to contribute like he did last year as a freshman. And then this year again, like he can take it to the house every time. Um, It's just, I I don't know how teams are going to stop anybody. Nobody on the regular season schedule has a plan to stop JMU. And they've got to be terrified after watching Saturday, even though it was just Moorhead. Because you just you pick your poison, and what are you going to do? Yep. I mean, you, you try to shut all those guys down um, with that offensive line. I don't think it can be done in the regular season. Playoffs are different animal. I, I, I mean, Rob, you brought up Latrell. I mean, I rewatched the first half again early this morning, and I'm not. I, I, I go back and forth. Last year, I would have told you like Percy's the lead dog. And I would have thought late in the season, at least in the playoffs, yeah. that Latrell was the next guy I'd want with the ball. Yeah. I'm, you could make a hot take case for Van Horse. Yes. And you could definitely make one. I mean, I thought Jawan looked as good as we've ever seen him this weekend. Oh, I, I um, think it's it's Percy, Jawan, Latrell Palmer, then Van Horse. Like, I think that's probably the and yet order. Van Horse has breakaway speed. He's great. And he's used in so many other elements. He can I mean, catch that one kickoff return he had in this mm-hmm. game showed. I think it might have got called back. I can't remember what happened, but um, yeah, I, all four of those guys, it's they're, unbelievable. They're great. And but I just think, I think keep, Palmer is they're great. He, he's he's unreal, Palmer. I, I think like I know, as so. good as they are, and just the fact that we can kind of we're watching a team that can use oh, him as their, alpha. Their, I mean, yeah, their, your your third option as a sophomore, you can see the type of back that he already is. And if you project just a little bit of growth, he's going to be as good as there's ever been at JMU. Um, and he's running. And Percy could have a season like, you know, Percy could have 1400 yards yeah. um, in Big a regular time. season. I mean, it'll well, be in, in a game season. This year, knows, but. The great, yeah. Well, the great thing this year too, is it'll be interesting to see what decisions Percy and Juwan make um, the spring, you know, in May and June. I, I, they may have already made those decisions. We obviously don't know, but I love the idea of the depth of this backfield and what it means for the entire 2021 football calendar. Yeah, you know, not just this potential spring season, but what it means for the fall. Because you know, if you're in the old days where you're riding a back, this is going to be a really hard year for some programs. Who you know, I was thinking about the kid from Monmouth who was so great last year. You can't just give a kid the ball 30 times a game this year no. and think he's going to make it through two seasons. And the luxury that JMU has. And then while we're talking about the – I got to talk about this, Rob. My dad was texting during the game. You know, he, he's he been waiting. He's been excited and 
all he cares about is watching the line play. <laughs> and uh, and I had told him before the game, um, he forgot that I, I always tell him and then he forgets, right? I tell him about Fornal mm-hmm. and what a big prospect he is and how everybody thinks he's great, you know. But my dad actually wrote me about the right guard and the center are playing great. And this was about Kidwell and Timmons. Timmons. And those, those were, that was the part of the line that I think we were a little bit, you know, we asked Medea a few weeks ago about right guard in particular, because we knew Truval Wilson was coming back on the left. And we, we didn't quite know about those two spots, but that's where JMU made a lot of hay this week, at least when the game was still in the balance. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I was, those guys stayed in because I think you need your line to get some live action together. Um, but even the second guys that came in looked good. Um, you know, there was some good play late in the game even. So, I mean, obviously it's hard to read much into it. I thought Jake Glavin looked like he was playing well. But the depth um, you talk about, I think, is really important for all the reasons you stated. Yeah. But it really is neat. Like, Jam, you could – they're clearly going to be a run-first team. You know, they're going to want to run first. Mickey! Kind of takes them, yeah, it's a little bit of Mickey ball. But you've got a situation where you can run for 200 yards a game and only have guys get – no, nobody get more than 10 carries. You know, and that's going to make a difference yeah. if there's a playoff run and if any of these guys said come back to the fall. What? Well, we saw this last year in the playoffs, and we're seeing it. We saw it this weekend, and we're going to see it all the time. I mean, when the first time Latrell Palmer touches the ball, it's halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, hurting. if you're the strong safety or the you're the linebacker on the other team, that's not fun. No, <laughs> like that is really not fun. You know, um, so I, yeah, that was really exciting. Um, yeah, the run game was the headline, Rob. There's, no, I mean, everything else is going to come second. I didn't think JMU ever had to throw the ball in this game if they didn't want to. Um, you know, they obviously did because they want to work on things. Um, but it, that was awesome. Yeah. So I'll start on the other side of the ball for second down. The player of the game for me is Diamante Tucker Dorsey. Oh, okay. Um, you watch that film again. Two is on every play. Now, I don't mean to take anything. I mean, Mike Green was really good. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say Green. The two guys I was really, no, Green was great. Tucker Dorsey, though, that kid, I mean, he was on every play, it felt like. And we talked about this a little bit last week that him and MJ Hampton, who also played pretty well on the back end, like the two of them, you know, everyone was talking about how JMU only had seven starters coming back. But those were guys who, had a lot of serious game action in, you know, North Dakota State, Weber State, Northern Iowa games. They were not. Yeah, yeah. Jamie's not, not rolling a bunch. These of were not rookies. These were not yeah. like, yeah, guys taking the wrapper off here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't believe. And you know, Azanima got ejected early. I thought Mateo Jackson played really well in Azanima's stead mm-hmm. um, after that. But Tucker Dorsey, I mean, Mike Green makes everybody on the line better. But I just so enjoyed um, number two. And it felt like Dimitri Holloway was right back out there again. Yeah. So, with that or number. Steele. Yeah. yeah, all these Stephon guys. Roberts yeah. and all, I mean, just, all the linebackers of old. So. Well, and, and Tucker Dorsey, you know, Evangelista has been telling us for years, like like three, four years that they've been recruiting this kid. Like, oh, he's going to be really good. Yeah. And I texted him today. And he was like, yeah, he'd be in the ACC, except he's my height. You know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Like, yeah, but, man, I was really impressed overall with the defense. Uh, we talked about, you know, it's so hard to get a read on what was going on because Moorhead State is not, they're not good. <laughs> but it, it just, um, 
I did think the defense did what I was looking for, Rob, which last week I said the thing I was concerned about was, were they going to play assignment football? Or were they going to make big plays? Yeah. And I saw some really good play from like on the Mike Green, Tony Thurston. There were a couple guys on the line who were just doing their job, like collapse it this way. And that allows Tucker Dorsey and Mateo Jackson to kind of run up and make the tackle. Well, Green, Green's second sack was kind of like that. He was just kind of holding the yeah. edge and then he kind of reached yeah. out with, you know, it was like, and it was an athletic play. So kind of kind of talks about both things we we referenced last week. Like, did we didn't want to yeah. see just freak athleticism? We wanted to see, but he was in the right place, right time. So no, I, I thought all things considered, they looked like a unit mm-hmm. that wasn't playing his first game. Yeah, you know. So I, I was. That's what I thought too. I mean, we didn't. I was also impressed with the coaches. We'll see how this goes. I mean, I, I thought they. We've been really concerned about corner, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, Moorhead struggled to have time to throw the ball and do a lot of fancy things. But JMU has a lot of real, they have quality players that like that Rover strong safety, uh, uh, safety and Rover positions. I mean, that's where you have Wayne Davis, you have MJ Hampton, you have Q Reed, you have like guys. And I felt like they pushed them outside. I, I don't know. I'd be interested to talk to a real like coach person, you know, who could break that down. But I felt like they – I didn't he, – you know, you didn't need a lot from Ross and McCormick and Carroll. Like, it was just because those guys were pushed outside. So, yeah. I, I was impressed with the defensive effort, and I'll be interested to see how it goes this week. Yeah. So, what about third down, Rob? Well, I guess, like, obviously the running game is a story. So, But I, I thought mm-hmm. the passing game looked like it has potential. I'm not going to say it was yeah. clicking, and I know a lot of people are, are probably are already nitpicking. And it's funny that the, same, that the you know there's there's a sizable portion of the fan base for the past two years that swore up and down that that Johnson was better than Danucci. Um and it seems like many of those same people are now starting to to allege that Maloney is better than Johnson. So it's just it's the whole notion of the backup quarterback being the most popular guy in every town. Um, Johnson looked like a guy making his first start in what, four years uh, in, in 20 degree weather. Uh-huh. He moved the ball. He spread it yeah, around, yeah, yeah. which I liked. Um, he's got some passes. Uh-huh. Some, a couple more Me too. weren't really like Kurt Warner-esque um, accuracy. But overall, I think we've got reason to think that this unit can gel. Uh, again, going on the same thing I said earlier with this, assuming they didn't have a lot of practices, they probably didn't have a lot of time to throw in the off season. I mean, Cole was trying to win the job. So it wasn't like, he was out with the number ones all, all summer. Um, I thought we saw more potential than I thought there would be. I was very impressed with Thornton. You know, I think he only had three catches, but he can jump in yeah. there and, and really he can go. I mean, he can just flat out go. Pretty quick. Uh, told us he was the fastest guy. and Yeah. yeah and and he looked every, yeah. every bit of it. Um, I thought it was nice to see Cheatham catch a couple passes. But just really the way that they – that they mix it around. You know, what was it, like eight or nine guys caught balls, I think, maybe more than that. Um, so they've got weapons. They've mm-hmm. got some degree of chemistry that's still yet to develop. But I see more potential for that to be – I don't want to say serviceable because that sounds bad, but it, it can be kind of the counter to keep a defense honest. And that's really all Jamie needs it to be. Yeah. They don't need this to be the greatest show on turf. You know, it, it's not going to be – a lot of 300 yard passing games, but can they make the plays they need to? Can they move the sticks and do just enough so that teams can't just stack the box and try to make, you know, JMU beat them with the pass. Like I think they can, it's not going to be a lights out attack. 
I saw a reason for optimism. I know other people saw cause for concern. That's fine. Um, week one, I just I, I think there's more weapons there, and there's a potential for it to be a, a decent part of the offense, but clearly a secondary part. Yeah, I, I just I don't know what I think. You're right. I, I mean, I it's crazy if people are getting upset about this, right? Uh, coaches have had a year, year and a half to watch Cole and Maloney play against each other. You know, play at the same time. Um, you know, Maloney had some of this. If you really watch closely in the fourth quarter, you had some of the same issues that Cole did, right? It's yeah. Maybe they make the catch, but it's not the positioning that allows the receiver to run. It's not a back shoulder. Or it's not, yeah. And I do think the people that are nitpicking with Cole, you know, there was that last drive before the half or last possession before the half where there were like three passes in a row that didn't connect. But I also think they were trying not to, like, if we can hit a big one, great. But if not, like, we're up 28 nothing. like, let's not make a mess of this. Yeah. I, I don't know. That wasn't a big deal. And then, and then there were a couple where I don't know if he made the right read on the, the option like the handoff, keep it or hand it off. But I yeah. also think in this game with mo- this opponent, he was kind of told like mostly hand it off. Like, you know, uh, yeah. Like, like, so I, I didn't, I didn't see any cause for concern yet. And I felt like you, I, I was down there in Shenandoah County down in the Valley this weekend. It was butt cold. It was freezing. Yeah. <laughs> it was freezing cold. Right. I mean, it was sunny and nice in that way, but it was cold. And the first game you've played in 13 months and in Cole's case, first game he's played, in 17 months yeah. so you know i i don't it, i thought that was fine um i'm excited to see bracy get a couple balls would have liked to see dean get a couple more was glad to see sims get a couple late thornton is really exciting ravenel got one later it, they weren't throwing this week they didn't need to i i, I just you know and but i thought I, Cole, I, I, really nice com- play on the one to the latrell like the little dump off on the side where latrell made a good move like there were a couple good decisions yeah so yeah just overall, considering what they had to replace in the passing game, and we talked about this all off season, we didn't know who was going to catch the balls. I'm now not that concerned. I'm like, okay, there's options here. Um, again, it, oh, it, yeah. it, it wasn't sharp. It wasn't any, but for week one, it's like, okay, yeah, there's stuff we can build on from that. And I, I, I think it's going to be pretty good offense. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I also think it's weird, right? I guess Moorhead, I think they're throwing because they chose to throw mm-hmm. sometimes just to like, it's a practice game. It's a preseason game, whatever you want to call it in some ways. Um, I don't know. If that's Richmond, they might never throw. It might be full Mickey ball. Right? Yeah. You know, no, like, it could just, just keep pounding. Because they can't. It's like, if they're going to run for that kind of production, yeah, we'll see. Why stop? So that's a good one for third down. Um. Fourth down, as always, I, I guess we'll do a little bit of a – we'll do a fifth quarter this week. But on fourth down, I did want to touch on special teams real quick, just as I always tend to do on fourth down. Um, Radke looked really solid. I know we didn't see a lot. Um, but the extra points – there was a – I don't know. They were emphatic. Let's say it that way. Mm-hmm. And I thought at the end of last season, I, I wasn't sure how healthy Radke really was because he didn't have that sort of really consistent, you know, drive through the ball that we'd seen from him. Thought he was really consistent this week. I was pleased with um, Shroba in the punt return game. You know, he fumbled the first play and I was like, oh gosh, here we go. Like this, and Signetti grabbed him coming off and, you know, he recovered it. 
Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was really worried as a, you know, punt returns my thing. And he fair caught the next one and there wasn't a guy Within like he had, he didn't need to fair catch. <laughs> he was so scared of fumbling again that he, yeah, he yeah. fair caught it right away. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's lost his mojo. And I was really glad he made a couple, especially one after that. He decided like, no, I'm going to, I got the, I got it. And he yeah. caught it. And, it, you know, they were ones that he caught with his hands and made a little bit of a run back at one point. And then there was one a little later in the game. Um, so I was glad to see that kind of – I'd been worried about that position. It, I just think there were some kinks to work out. That's a tough tough position on a 28-degree valley day after not playing forever in game conditions. Yeah. That's one of the harder things to do is catch punts. Mm-hmm. So I, I was really pleased with that. I, same thing with the long snapping. Not, I didn't notice any hitches from oh, JMU yeah. on that. Only thing I was concerned about was the – I thought the kickoff – I. I'm guessing that was coached. I don't short obviously none of us are there, so we don't know the win situation. I was a little, yeah, I just don't know what they were doing, right? Are they doing, are we back to the, you know, Houston love to try to kick it to the five and stop them before the 25 to gain field position instead but of now just you having got the fair catch, catch right? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then Signetti liked to just kick it in the end zone and they can start at the 25 last year. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they're doing. That uh, was um, that was the only hiccup on specials, but overall, I thought they were pretty solid, and I was really impressed. I mean, both special teams and defense, Rob, which is they tackled pretty well yeah. for a group that I. It'll be interesting to see this week with a little better talent on the other side how that goes, but I don't imagine they've done a lot of full tackling in the last year. <laughs> No. Any of those kids. No, no, no. You know, no. like full contact tackling, right? I mean, four or five, six scrimmage type situations, but not a ton of it. And I thought they were pretty solid in that. I don't remember a lot of missed tackles in this game. So that was pretty no, good. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be a JMU then, game if, if it wasn't a targeting call. But um, so that, that kind ah, of hurt. But ah, I mean, average it, CA ref poking his head up already. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought the first one they, they, they took back. like targeting yeah. yeah the first one the <laughs> i first thought Azanima got hurt i missed that like yeah okay. so yeah. Well, but, but that gave um mateo the opportunity to get in there and play so kind of a blessing in disguise so we'll, we'll see how it goes and what's the new rule he's out Azanima's out the first half this week first half i think because it yeah, happened because it happened in the first I assume half that's the rule even when it's a non-conference What's I think that? that's what they said on the broadcast. Yeah. I think oh, it happened in the first half, so maybe he's back, right? Yeah. Or he I, missed a half. Yeah. Or he. I, I think yeah, that's yeah. how it goes. I think it's because it happened yeah. in the first half. <laughs> the second half counts as his, you know, one game suspension against his one game suspension. So we shall see. But I, I believe that's well, the college and pros. This is the rule that. Yeah, college and pros. This is the rule. I wish they could figure out um, somehow. Well, that fumbling through the end zone, but. And then the last thing I did want to give a shout out to those fans on the Hill, Rob. Um, I was really glad to see that. I mean, for better or worse, this is not a judgment call of any kind of anyone, but it did make me happy just to see some, it appeared to be students, probably juniors or seniors being like, you know what? I'm getting out there. I'm going to see my team. It's freezing cold down there. You know, I mean, it was sunny, but I was glad. And I was glad that the camera, like, don't shy from, Showing what you can show, right? If people are in the suites having fun, let them have it. And if people are up on the hill having fun, let them have it. Like, 
none of this makes any sense of in any rational way. <laughs> not again, not a judgment. Either way, it's just none of this makes sense. Like this is what it is. Enjoy it. If there's something to, you know, for the camera, like what are they doing? Like if there's something to focus on, focus on it. Like enjoy it. It did so make I was, me laugh. I was I mean, glad for that. It, it was uh, nice to see the. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was nice to see like the cheerleaders out there, but those yeah. the poor cheerleaders freezing cold and mm-hmm. holding the "Let's make noise" signs. Like, who were they pointing them at? Like, I just <laughs> felt so bad. Like, let them put a jacket on and go back inside. So, <laughs> I did laugh because I was thinking about. I think it was Maganoffer and Dudley who mm-hmm. were like. This is the first time they've ever been able to like they could wait for the in stadium announcer to say who had done something. Yeah. And, and then react to it. it. Where normally, like if something big happens, they can't do that because the crowd is over the in stadium announcer. I don't know. It was just a it's an interesting adjustment for everybody involved. Um I thought JMU did a pretty good job with the production. Uh R- Rob, you don't know it yet, but we're gonna start tonight's uh tonight's pod is gonna start with a cold open of um a certain commercial. <laughs> oh, Krosky Vintage? <laughs> oh, nice. I've seen that so many damn gotta, times. We got to get a guest from Krosky's on here to explain the, who is who in the commercial and what is that horrible looking wine at the end that's like a weird, it looks off color. At the I don't know, but I don't even, I don't even know where it is, but I feel like Krosky Vineyard is like burned into my brain. Um, that and, oh, the ma- and the mascot 100%. grills. Oh, mascot, mascot grills, grills and the and lady then, who does uh, Skyline Dental or whatever. The lady who does your, uh, I don't know, the yeah, audiology. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's like, mm-hmm. I just, it just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I appreciate their support. Let's put it at that. Let's just leave it at that. Big time. Oh, well, Ergies is getting all the love this year because the crowd, normally the crowd cheers over the Ergies thing. Right, because that's when JMU gets a first down. Oh, the first down, the Ergie's first down. But this year, it's just all all cheesecake. Yeah, yeah, cheesecake for everybody. So, no, and look, everybody that was able to make it, it's great. Um, I, I just hope maybe by the end of the season, things will change a little bit. We'll we'll see, and and we'll, who knows? Uh, We all hope that for reasons that have nothing to do with JMU football. So, I got my second uh, shot tomorrow. Kids did well with it. There you go. Oh, the, right. the players themselves, uh, or the and um, who do you think did well? Like the oh no, yeah, I thought the players did really well with the energy from an energy standpoint. Yeah. And again, we talked about this last week. Signetti had given us the green light to feel better about cheering, right? Mm-hmm. And this isn't just a COVID discussion. This was a spring football discussion in advance of fall. Like, just we didn't know how to take all this, right? Yeah, and. Uh, I, at least this weekend, I was glad to see, you know, Q Reed dancing after an interception a little bit, right? Like, I was glad to see, like, um, and, and I thought the players on both teams seemed to be having fun, even though Moorhead State must have known what they were in for with this road trip and, and whatnot. Um, well, so just to play. Them. I mean, after being sh- – they've been shut in like everybody else. So I'd imagine it is tough to maintain your energy, but – almost in a in a tough to contain it way too like i could see it going either way like okay how do you get up and big play it's gotta be weird but also how are you not jumping out of your skin if it's the first time you've played a game or done anything <laughs> physical in you know a year and a half for a lot of these kids so yeah i think that's a good point like they did they did seem to be up playing at a level you felt like you're watching college football not just some sort of 
you know, you did for TV exhibition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and Medea reported tonight, um, only two injuries, uh, knock on wood. I think we'll kind of make this a little bit of an ongoing segment this year because I think it's really important to track the program throughout the entire calendar year. Um, of course, my guy, Sam Kidd, I was so bummed on the, on the long Van Horse touchdown. You could see Sam Kidd like, like down, walking off toward the locker room. And I was yep. like, oh, like, he actually had to get out of the way of the celebration trainer and i'm like oh no but i i think we'd heard that he may have actually had a little bit of a he may have been a little banged up coming into this and it kind of put it off um but it might be a situation where he you know we're hopeful that it's a situation where he can play again in the fall if he wants to so that's a good thing that was a shoulder of some kind and then the other one of no only other one of note was uh julio iml late in the game um i couldn't tell when he did it because he played almost to the end. I, I, I don't know if I watched like the last two, three minutes closely, but he was in there a lot of the second half. So he had a thumb injury and it's going to have some kind of surgery. I mean, it could be a broken thumb is what I'm guessing. But four to six weeks, uh, he could be back, you know, even in the spring season. Uh, you know, linebacker, not a wide receiver. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Not not to make light of it, but those are not the kind of injuries, like you said, nobody blew out a knee, it didn't seem like, or or had a bad concussion or something like that that really scares you. So that was good this week. Um, so Rob, what's one thing you're looking forward to this week as they take on Robert Morris? Well, I, I want to see if my confidence in the passing game is, is well-founded. I want to see if they can take a step forward. Um, I expect that's going to be very run-heavy again. But can they start to just get a little bit of sharper? Can we start to see some some chemistry develop between Johnson and these receivers? I think it can. As, as I mentioned, I'm very optimistic. I think there's plenty of weapons. I, I don't think it's going to be anybody putting up, you know, record number of catches. But I think we're probably going to have Thornton as the leading receiver. And they're going to have a lot of guys, you know, just have one week here, one week there where they get a big game. And I think for this sort of offense, a big game could be three or four catches. You know, I think it's going to be that sort of thing. What we saw was what a total of maybe 20 attempts. I don't think that's going to be unusually low. I think that's probably going to be right around the average. Um, So I'm just, I I want to see them step forward. I'd like to see a little more accuracy and that could be, the receivers, we're not seeing the all 22. I don't know if guys are breaking off routes the wrong place, but I just want to yeah. see it a little bit crisper. So that's, yeah. that's my big I thing. I do too. And I wondered that. I mean, there was some good. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point. And the people that were nitpicking um, Cole, you know, there were a couple there. Like, I, I think people were really mad. There was the first completion to Bracey. Looked like he was open and he kind of got thrown to a place where he had to come couldn't forward make on fl- it. Like, he yeah. made the catch. But he couldn't if he had but at the same time he went out kind of injured after that. I don't like he came back later, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Some of that's the you know, receivers are playing their first game too. And just the timing of all this at game speed, when you're getting bumped at the line and hit by, you know, chucked by a linebacker, like the whole thing, I don't I don't know who to, you know, I, I yeah, I'm gonna reserve judgment on you know who's at fault for the real nitpicky things um until we see a little more. So yeah, because we're point. not we're not denying that they're happening. I mean, it didn't look great, but I think that it's it's easy to just blame the quarterback when that's all you're seeing on television. 
or say, oh, look, wow, that pass was three yards off the side. You don't know. And clearly there's room for improvement, but the guys look talented enough to make those sort of improvements. So I'd like to see that start to get better so that it's just more reliable uh, heading down to the stretch run. And we got time. We got a lot of time to see this develop. Yeah. So what yeah. do you got? What do you And then for? for me, I, I'd like to see what – yeah, I mean, I'm really looking for how the defense reacts to a team – you know – a team that is probably more capable of making some plays here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, Robert Morris is an interesting team in where they are in their program development. I was kind of looking into this and we'll talk about this more on the blog this week. Um, they're moving. This is their first year in the big South. They're leaving the NEC for football mm-hmm. and going to the big South. So that's the conference with Monmouth who Jamie played in the playoffs last year and Kennesaw state. So you know, a much more legitimate football conference. Uh, Robert Morris was seven and one in the NEC last year. Um, they're not like they may not be too shabby. <laughs> like, like they've been recruiting the last two years on the "we're going to the Big South" mantra, um, and and with that mission. So they're not terrible. This is not Morehead State, a non-scholarship program from nowhere. This is a school outside of Pittsburgh moving to. A, you know, a more ambitious group of football schools. And so, I you know, I don't expect JMU to, I mean, I expect JMU to win and I expect them to play well. But I also think this is the kind of, I mean, Moorhead State this weekend could not make more than one good play in a row on offense. Like, like it just wasn't. It, yeah, Jamie is going to win by 30 points, but Robert Morris could put together a drive or two is what you're saying. That's sort of what yeah. I feel like is they could put together two or three or four plays where they, you know, they put, have a little something strung together and JMU commits a penalty. And now we're, you know, I'm interested to see how the defense reacts to that. Because this weekend I thought a couple times that the kid from, um, I don't know if he's from South County, but the kid from Lorton, came in at quarterback for Moorhead in the second quarter yeah. and made a play here and there. Um, but every time he made a play, then the very next play, Mike Green or Tucker Dorsey or somebody blew them up. And that was the end of like, then they were back at third and 15 and yeah. And so I'm kind of, just, I'm just interested to see the defense. I think the offense is, as you said, I think the running game is going to be an absolute monster by FCS standards. I, I mean, just, I'm not sure that we are fully appreciating the how good our offensive line and the running game may actually be this year. Like back to sort of Terrence Apted days, like this could be a real we we have a, a real chance to do something yeah. special. Yeah, I mean across and, the board, uh, the, the the line Timmons I thought looked great. Like the line looked more gelled certainly than like the passing game. I mean, it's the same sort of situations we're talking about like offensive lines are a unit and you need reps. As you mentioned, that's why mm-hmm. they play deeper into the game than you would think with it being so lopsided, but they look really comfortable with each mm-hmm. other. You know, it's, and they did. If, it, if it gets better. And true. Oh like a couple of those guys. Yeah. And a couple of those guys, like they, Gillespie, I was like worried whether he was, you know, how there've been a lot of like, does he want to keep playing? Does he not want to keep playing? But him and Wilson on the left side, I mean, they look like adults now, yeah. like fully grown men, right? And it's just funny because we just came off that Super Bowl where we've been following our guy, you know, Aaron. I mean, uh, Aaron Stinney, Stinney, so closely, right? And just seeing those pictures of Stinney and 
Wells and Watford, and you're like, wow, those are those, those are, are big dudes. Men. Yeah, those are big dudes. And this line, I outside of Fornado, I was like, eh. and then I saw them this weekend, and maybe it's just because it was more head state, but just walking off the field, those guys look mean. Yeah, <laughs> you know, big dudes. yeah, big guys, and and with the stable of backs they have behind them, man. So the offense is a work in progress, um, but the defense threw a shutout, and like to see them back it up against a little better competition this week. So that's my big thing. Yep. Uh, not to mention them. We'll see. Yeah. Like to see the game. Really like to see the game. We'll see yes. what happens this week. We'd like to see the game take place. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's – I think that's about it on the football front tonight, Rob. We do have a quick overtime tonight unless we – we might have a second one if you – I don't know if anybody chimed in with anything really good. Uh, I like your rumor mill one or <laughs> planting a rumor one. That, that was the one we were thinking, end, yeah. yeah, the one we were thinking of tonight was bef- – so we last week or a couple weeks ago, there was this big brouhaha about uh, EA Sports is allegedly bringing back the NCAA football game which was everybody's favorite video game before this, largely because you could take the JMU team and like build them in dynasty mode into a juggernaut, right? And imagine them playing Alabama someday. Um, We don't know in what format this is going to be. This is not a big discussion about FBS, FCS. Uh, I did notice today that VCU has signed a deal uh, with a company that's supposedly going to take help them manage their name, image, and likeness issues with their student athletes going forward. It's funny because VCU is mm. not going to be in the NCAA football game, but to the extent there's ever any kind of uh, you know basketball game or or just the name, image, and likeness stuff, I think it's really interesting. This is going to be a really they were the first school that I've seen who is actually like putting resources, investing money into how they're going to handle this. Um, Notre Dame today announced they're not going to be part of any of the video games because they don't want to do this. So I, I don't know, at least oh, for the yeah. time being, right? Uh, yeah. It's Notre Dame being Notre Dame, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but um, I, I, this was a funny, it got me thinking, like, Rob, I love this game. I think we both played it. Neither of us are big gamers. Neither of us remember a whole lot about it. We didn't play it in its, like, most recent e- incarnations. Um, but did you have any memories or teams you like to play I- with? in this game i don't i'm just i remember being terrible at it like i'm terrible at every other video game um i had it for playstation 2 was that the that was probably the last console i had before getting before getting the the xbox um i had it i I played it down in atlanta and i'd play with friends and it would be like people would come over to my house and everybody's oh you've got it let's play what team you want i'd always get choose first team my house and then i'd get killed and i'd rage quit and turn off the machine so I don't have particularly happy <laughs> memories of this game. So everybody else is very excited. Like I, I've, I always like the idea of these football games and I get excited and I get them like the first weekend and I play like crazy by myself and I fear it out and I beat the computer on rookie mode. And then I have friends come over who never played before and they crush me. <laughs> and then I never play again. And not only did I play, I, I think I also lost to my buddy, Roberto who grew up he's, he's from El Salvador. So I felt like he really didn't know much about college football to begin with. And he crushed me, and I, I think right, right. I, I think the disc hit the ground, and I didn't really play much after that. So, but I think the last version I had oh. might have been the one with Chris Wenke on the cover, like way back, like the 2002 version oh. might have been the last one that I bought. Well, yeah. So what about okay. you? Were you big? Would That's you play really it a lot? Funny. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I played. I can't remember what year. It's we're so old that I don't remember what year it was that Colorado shared the national title. But that was my the call. I think it's ninety one, maybe Colorado Georgia Stewart Tech. And, I, sometime around early nineties. No, then, this is actually pre that. This is the Darian Hagens Eric Bieniemy team, and I, it got me. It had had me thinking because of the Bieniemy being in the news so much for his success with Kansas City and his. Lack of success with the NFL, um, hiring not hiring coaches, the best yeah. coaches in the best positions, yeah. right? But um, yeah, that that was the great Colorado team that ran, and they ran the in the NCAA game. I don't know what Colorado called the offense, but in the game, it was called the flex bone, and yeah. it, it was an unstoppable. You know, it was an option every time, but it was totally unstoppable with that quarterback and running back. So that was my, yeah. The, CU Buffs were my my team in NCAA. Was that the I, I would love that, for this to come back. Was that the year that they that they won the game on the fifth down? It was the year yeah. they won on the fifth down. What's weird in that year is I think they ended up sharing the title with Georgia Tech. They did. And they I'm not, did. Yeah, and I'm not I think Colorado might have been like demonstrably better even though they had the fifth down. Like like yeah. I think ever that was the weird thing about the year, right? Was that everybody was like, well, Colorado should have lost that one game they're also the best team. Like, um, yeah, it was a weird back that when was, college didn't made even less sense than it does now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Split national champs. How is that? Possible? Right. Um, but this, this weekend's going to be fun. Rob, I had a couple things as we leave tonight. I did want to bring up uh, first big congratulations to our friend, Katie Harper, who did get her, find herself gainfully employed today uh she uh, unfortunately for us she's going to be moving to madison wisconsin and taking a job with but for good for her taking a job um i I don't totally understand but designing the sports section for a paper in um or a group of papers up there and i know she's going to love it because it's like hockey country usa up there she'll be happy but she's in madison right oh yeah my friend lucas moved there a couple years ago it's sounds pretty cool yeah, it's supposed to be amazing. Kind of miserable in the winter. But, <laughs> yeah. but another big football town, and I'm, I'm sure it'll be fun to uh, have a you know hardcore JMU person up there. But big congrats to Katie. We're, we're really thrilled for you. And, you, you know, you can call in any time on Central Time. So, yeah, <laughs> we're happy to have you anytime. And then the other thing, Rob, um, uh, look, we had fun watching the game this weekend. But you came up with an idea last week that is – one of the better things we've done in a while um, and it's more worthy of praise than anything else. And it's a small thing, but we're trying to get it going. And, and I thought we did great this weekend and, and we owe a big debt of gratitude to the people that follow closely with the things we do. And, and uh, I thought you could maybe tell us what, what our idea is and what we're going to do with it going forward. Yeah. For anybody doesn't know if, if we're just speaking Greek to you, just we'll back up a bit. Like Todd and I were just talking about, you know, it's been kind of a rough year. What can we do? And we've had fun with this blog and the podcast. And can we maybe kind of, what can we do to, to blatantly rip off the Bills Mafia? And their kind of history of just being the most charitable fan base. So we're like, wouldn't it be cool if JMU was known like that? Bobby so, Trapp. Yeah. So we just kind of uh, came up with this idea and we looked and we said, why don't we just choose a charity or like a local food bank, local to JMU's opponent uh, and see if we can just get people to donate. So we connected with Feeding America, Kentucky Heartland. We set up a little 
online fundraiser and we asked people to donate just a small amount. We said, you know, just start up just five bucks. If you can do five bucks. Some people did more. A couple people did more. We, but um, Feeding America has it so dialed in that for every dollar you donate, they can provide 10 meals. They've got it sourced. They're like It comes up with like, you know, 1.2 pounds per person of food. So we got people, we just put this out there and said, please, you know, donate, kind of pay it forward. Channel your enthusiasm for Jamie football into doing something like this. $320 to donate it, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's 3,200 meals that are going to, to people that really need it right yeah. now. So this is something really fun. We started it kind of on a whim Thursday night. And like you said, by Sunday, over 3,000 meals to, to people really battling food insecurity. So we'll choose another one every week. And then I guess for like, we'll need to figure it out with the, the home and homes going. I guess maybe we'll just do like some sort of Shenandoah Valley thing to, to keep it home for JMU related. But um, we're not asking anybody to break the bank. We're not asking anybody to, to go without food themselves or to do anything. But a lot of us would be going to these games, would be spending decent money tailgating. We're saying, you know what, just if you got an extra five bucks, throw it this way to the to a good fundraiser and let's see if collectively we can, you know, make a difference. And what's really neat to me is like the fact that these organizations, the good ones are so efficient. Now you can make a real difference with five bucks. So be on the lookout. We'll try to post it in the um, previews every week and then we'll put out information and, you know, just mm-hmm. pay it forward and pass it on. If you think it's a good idea, we'd really appreciate you sharing it with other Jamie friends or not Jamie fans who want to jump on board. So, um, I don't know. Just and thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who jumped up and donated last week. Yeah, this has been so fun for us, and it feels like Rob, you just hit the right. Yeah, thank you to everyone. It feels like you just hit the right thing for us, and I'm so glad because it's it's such a combination. You're right. I mean, it is. This week will be, you know, part of the Bills Mafia thing is they have to give it to the people they really despise on the field, right? Yeah. Like you beat them um, on the field, and you know, then you they're go never out and more generous than with the opponents they respect the most. And I, I would laugh this week. We'll be doing it for some Yinzers, and both of us are very, you know, on the week when there's going to be all the Sidney Crosby celebration, and we both can't stand oh, that. Yeah. We got to do this for a Pittsburgh area team this week, um, which is great and truly in the spirit of Bills Mafia and our old friend um, Joe Sohaski, who was a, a a friend of ours from ODU, who would have who would have loved this and, yeah. you know, and was our biggest rival and most annoying opponent. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel like it hit a lot of things. And, and for me, um, you know, who's married to someone I met in the Frisco food pantry. Um, I really, uh, <laughs> it, this couldn't be better. So I'm really, really excited about that. And uh, it's going to be fun to see what you come up with this week, Rob. Yeah. And, and yeah, we said, we'll get to uh, Richmond and William and Mary and Elon and we'll have three weeks of um, Valley-related um, places to come. Charities of some sort, yeah. Charities, yeah, Valley-related places when we play those teams twice. This felt like a good year to do it because we could hit both home and away. Um, but we hope we can pick up a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, I you know, five bucks a week is goes a long way when for this kind of thing. Yeah. Probably a lot further than a lot of just about any other type of – organization that you could donate to this solves a big problem that, yeah it definitely yeah. does so definitely thank you Rob. So, no, thank no. you everybody that and that's a huge huge just a huge number from a very small group of people so we love it 
and I think that's all I got, Rob. Uh, you got anything else for next week? That's a perfect note to end on. No, let's just end it. And uh, hopefully everybody stays healthy. We get a full slate of games for the many, many sports that should be in action this week. Oh, yeah. This is uh, – that's, that's going to be the – the real challenge every week is as, as as excited as we are and as much as we're looking forward to Medea's work and everybody else is coming out this week. Yeah, let's get to Saturday and have a game day. So, mm-hmm. Rob, I will um, I will talk to you next week. I, I guess, you know, I'm going to end on a go Dukes, but I, uh, I got to say up the toffees this week. So, <laughs> my boys finally won a game. Finally um, won a versus side Darby. So. Yeah, I, I saw your shirt. I was like, oh, man, I'm wearing my JMU stuff. You got an Everton shirt on. So. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a celebratory Monday for it's a very very rare thing. So we'll see what happens. First time in a long uh, time. Rob, for sure. I'll be looking forward. To, oh, 1999. Oh, yeah, I'll be I'll be looking forward to talking to you next week. Yeah, likewise. Have a good week. Thanks. Go Dukes. Motherfuckers won't shut up. Thank you.